some road noise and uh, sound of the Toyota. I think it's John's rental probably 2015 Toyota, I guess. The uh, little mini one. Uh, it's nice. Nice car. We are on the road returning to Toronto. This is, um, I guess I'm, this is, maybe I'm just wrapping up the travelogue with this clip. Uh, because that's what it's become as a travelogue. It's, it's interesting how one thing just turned into the next. I mean, I was in Quebec City. Next thing, we're Montreal. I'm saying goodbye to the students at the airport. And uh, off for smoked meat. And next thing you know, I'm at this wonderful gathering in St. Adele. And uh, then back the next day with John to Montreal for a tour of Lachine, which you heard a little bit about. And... Uh, then last night, a wonderful, wonderful drive. I may have talked about that too. In fact, yes, I did. So forgive me, this is a recap. Uh, and now this drive along the 401, we were, went through a pretty heavy rainstorm now. It's not too bad. Uh, but a good driving day. You know, if you're going to have rain, have it on the day you're going home. Uh, the rain is back. Uh, so I thought I'd do a little summing up. Last night when John mentioned that he was going over the steps in our Lachine tour and I talked about my, where my grandmother lived on 47th and also 48th, the bottom by the lakeshore, where we lived, and then uh, McDonald College where my sister went to school, and, and all these various places, it, 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 it teared me up for reasons I didn't really understand, but it was, as John mentioned, a reconnecting past. I'm going to call this a rec recollection, bringing back memories, and uh, I, I don't fully understand what was going on, because they're so distant, as I say, ghost-like, and yet, of course, very real of a time when I was a little boy, when I was a high school student, uh, when I was going to university all those years. I guess ourselves get spent and changed and they morph into something else and we wonder how much do we want to keep, how much do we shed, like a skin. Um, and then this thought of, you know, was there, did life change me in ways that maybe I don't want to be changed, maybe... I want to be who I was back then. I don't. I don't know that. that maybe I'm just playing a game here. Uh, is that you know was I any happier? I don't think I was any happier in high school. I think high school was about survivor, surviving. Um, university. I. I think I was a pretty content young man. I. I like that whole idea. You could. You could almost picture the pipe in the hand and the textbooks or literary works. Um, And I guess maybe part of it is that I had maybe distanced myself from so many of those memories. And as I reflected back on them again, I realized, gee, you know, they were pretty good. It wasn't bad living in that house in Lachine and going to Lachine High, but certainly going to St. George, when I used to say I was always envious of my friends who went away. For example, uh, the uh, Nova Scotia guy going off to Acadia and all the wonderful times he had in residence and apartments. And Wow, to actually leave your home and start this new life in a different place as a student. And Poor old me stayed home and commuted in. But now when I think about it, that was meant to be. That that suited me. I came out debt-free. I enjoyed being in Montreal in those days. And the riding up on the commuter train, I was telling John as we saw one going by how much fun it was when we got on the very old trains, maybe the 410 out of uh, Windsor Station, CP trains, when they still had these old wooden commuter cars and you could get a, a, a like a, a room that you'd go into and if you're, you filled it with all your university buddies 
it was great fun. It was just full of laughter. And so that commute was fun, too. By train each day into Montreal. And if you were late going in, you'd catch the 210, the Budliner, you know, these little silver trains of just two coaches. And, uh, and you all knew who you were going to see waiting at the station, who you wanted to connect with. And there was a lot of fond memories and good nostalgia for the time. And I'm still not sure what it all adds up to, but I think the feeling overall was a very good feeling. Yeah, that was who I was. This is me now, sort of looking back, reaching back maybe. And I guess I'm looking for some kind of continuity. Well, all these different paths along the way. I mean, leaving university in 1972 or graduating and moving out to Vancouver sort of put an end to that whole Montreal experience. And it just started an entirely new life in a, in a different direction, a different path. Once I moved to the West Coast and really did then become independent of my parents. And I guess that's what my son in Melbourne, Australia is doing now. Because he already moved out to Vancouver and has done that. And I think it's a thing many of us have to do, certainly in our culture, is escape our families, escape our past, and, and, and start anew. And then maybe you reach a point when you're older when you can look back and realize, well, that's still me. There is, really was no break in the path. There were just shifts and changes and, and you know, new experiences here and there, but it's all of one. Every tiny little decision and step led to the next. So, <clears throat> all those words and no conclusion, no summing up, other than to say it was a, a good experience and, and this whole thing fell into place so nicely of this, gee, I'm going to be in Montreal and John, I'm going to be in Montreal at that time. I mean, that's just coincidence. John could have picked the week before and uh, here he is, oh, well, gee. And I recommend the hotel that I'm staying at, which was convenient and reasonably priced for Montreal. And... Uh, able to get that lift up to St. Adele to meet him and reconnect with that other high school friend, Mike, a, a dear, fond friendship. There, there was just so much richness about this whole experience So and, and so many new connections that continued to be made. I mean, that little gathering we had was, was wonderful and it it looks very much like uh, Michelle will host us again around the same time next year, and uh, maybe the same bunch of us will meet up. It was intimate, it was small, there's probably room for another one or two, but it isn't meant to be a big thing or a huge podcast or hangout event. It was a, a gathering of friends and creative people with uh, varied interests. And I think it's it's like any, it's a movable feast in the Hemingway sense. But uh, it was all enjoyable. Now, John is sitting beside me, concentrating on his driving, of course. But, John, if you have any further final words or thoughts or comments you'd like to interject into this, John is acting in the role of spot. I think we clarified that last night. I also, John, I'm sorry, I may as well tell you now on air so that there's no hard feelings later on. Um, that there may be other people who play the role of spot. Spot is so low in importance on this particular podcast. It's, it's, it's like puff could come from anywhere that uh, I may very well bring in a substitute spot someday. And, uh, it's not necessarily a permanent part. It's, uh, it's cruel to say that on air, everybody listening. I can feel the tears welling up in your eyes, but... I think I owe it to you, to be brutally honest, which I, I try so hard with you, and uh, it's sometimes difficult, I know it sometimes hurts, it's like a stabbing wound, but there it is, it's out there. Well, I'm used to playing a role in the chorus, so it's nothing I haven't dealt with before. Okay, good, good, I, I thought you'd be man enough to take it that way. 
Oh, I'm a very tough dude. Yeah. Uh, any other on a more um, serious note? Uh, it's interesting to talk about connections from uh, memories. And um, I read a lot of books about astronomy and cosmology and relativity and quantum physics, stuff like that. And the one I've been reading recently is on the, the nature of time. And the concept, and I'm still really trying to wrap my head around it, is that what they call the concept of absolute space-time, that, and that as human beings, our, our trip through time as a one-way arrow is... Some, some physicists have gone as far as to call it an illusion. <laughs> and that uh, if you look at space-time, which is a combination of space and time, Every moment of time since the beginning of the universe to its end already exists. Just like there, like every point in space exists, yeah. the time exists, continues to exist. We can't connect it to it anymore, but it's still there, it's still happening. So there's still the young Ken yeah. visiting his grandmother at lunchtime for a cup of soup. houses or um, going down to the water by the Lachine. Yeah. In a sense that is still happening yeah. in, in the universe. And I, and I find that I find that concept rather awe-inspiring. Yeah. You know, I almost understand it, but basically it seems to me it's saying there is no time. Our whole concept of time, man is a man-made concept of time, and that is wrong. For our convenience sort of evolve maybe yeah. this linear sense of and, time. And, and there's some physics and that entropy, and that's the part where I sort of have to go back and reread it a bit, because... Yeah. Um, but just like, like the concept that it's like staring infinity in the face. Yeah. You know, and even as... Uh, as an atheist, well, that kind of that kind of thought fills me with as much awe yeah. and wonder as I guess for the idea of a supreme being does for others. Well, it, the thing is, it's it's not at all uh, out of sync with what I think Buddhism is talking about. This no, this idea, no. it, it is this living moment, yeah, this eternal living moment, this forever living moment that we exist in and, and I, I think the idea that we are completely off in the way we measure time and our concept of time and, and not only that we've, we've made such a, a mess of it by dividing it up by spatial time the, you know the lunar cal the calendars and the, the months and the days and the hours and the seconds that, that maybe has been a necessary construct for our evolution yeah. for our progress but that is still a man-made creation entirely, and, and we were completely off. Um, but it is, of course, it's, it's it's difficult to fathom. It's the kind of thing that you might maybe get a little glimpse of while high on LSD, and the next thing you're having a complete breakdown because it's just too overwhelming to, to fully uh, grasp this ever-living eternal moment. But I, I love that. I, that's that's a, that's great. Thank you for adding a little bit of depth to this podcast, which tends to be quite shallow quite often because that's who I am. I, I wouldn't say that. Well, I uh, I try, but I, I don't have the intellectual depth of most of uh, most of my listeners. So I, I'm always delighted when people do put up with me. Um, but uh, wow, that, that's a mind blower what you've just said. I, I really thank you and for I'm that. I'm still just trying to get like I've got to go back and read some of the stuff again. Well. And, and the, the thing that I really like is like this isn't some kind of like new age philosophy stuff. This is yeah. this is mainline physics. Yeah. And the implications of mainline physics are absolutely incredible. Yeah. It has nothing to do with yoga. No, no, no. yoga. I'm not wearing skin tight <laughs> yoga pants. I apologize thank you, for thank the visual. You, thank you. you. You're a little too too ready with the uh, visuals of a naked John or a John in a bikini bathing suit <laughs> like. Uh, what can that? I say? I like to shock people. Yeah. Well, you do that. You do that. In fact, congratulations for you. You and I, uh, I mean, we go back to our very first presentation together at PAB was the idea of, hey, we should be allowed to shock people. Yeah. Is it not? That's yes. what we, uh, mm -hmm. 
That's what we talked about. I'm glad we did that. that, that those were the earlier days when there are still things to say. Basically, we were talking about what were the boundaries, right? Boundaries. Yeah, and we were just saying, hey, yeah, they're, they're self-imposed. Self-imposed, yes. You know, and that you don't have to follow those rules, which at the time a lot of people still were. But uh, anyway, that uh, that was a good one. I don't know if it'll be tough to follow up. Anything else you want to add to that? Or no, just, say just leave it there. They, they say time marches on, but you don't always have to put boots on. Who says that? I just said that. You just said that. Yeah, well... I don't know if that works or not. Put that on a bumper sticker. Yeah. All right. Uh, That was the sound of John just puncturing the moment. Yeah, no, no, no. It's... uh, Well, yeah, quite in... uh, In in keeping. I'll have to... I'll just have to dwell on that a little longer. Time marches on. Hmm. I just said, like, time marches on, but... Yeah. You don't always have to surrender to... See, that, that's pretty. I'm just having trouble grasping that too. I think if you, if you, if your meaning was, we don't have to surrender to this man-made concept of time—the hours, the days, the minutes, the deadlines—and well, all that some, stuff, which some, is basically fucking us up. Yeah. Then, I, I think, and like, in a, let's say, in a logistical sense, yes, yeah. we have to. Like, we're driving back to Toronto now because I need to be somewhere at four o'clock. Uh, yes. There are consequences if I'm not. Yes, that's I, right. I, but I, I, I think there's a yes. broader. And like I think I, 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 me- I mentioned last night that a lot of the stuff that I work work with is regrets over things that, in theory, at least in a conventional sense, are in the past. But I have no control over. But it's important not to be hostage to the past. Yes. Yes. Um, I'll go back to your earlier thought about being there at a certain time and. Again, this the way we have things structured, to the degree of comfort and, I guess, health and safety and progress and everything else that we have in our lives now is directly tied to our man-made concept of time, right? And you're, 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 how long you even have to study to get a degree, a PhD, to let, let you be a medical doctor and so on. It, it's, it's worked very well for us and perhaps sometime in the future... Uh, humans will make another leap in their whole outlook, and we're we still really much in the the early days of, of you know having our eyes open to what is, what is reality, what what is the meaning of any of this, what are the implications of the fact that we are a species of animal that's evolved on some planet orbiting this sun that. Uh, to me, that's always, always, always the, the starting point. Like, holy fuck. There is nothing normal about humans. There may be something normal about human evolution because th- this is just the way it works. It's a natural process. But for us to reach a state, a state of consciousness and mental development and, and language where we can actually communicate on these abstract levels is... Is really a holy fuck yeah. idea. Like, and, wow, and, and so and so accidental. Like the uh, yes, we be you know we you can tie humanity becoming yes. becoming a dominant species and developing the way we did. It goes back to the uh, the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs. This is the thing you were going back yesterday to this particular job you had, which led to this conversation. Yes. And while we just keep going backwards, holy fuck, some asteroid hit Earth. What, at nine, and like 65 million or 65, yeah. 67 million years ago? Yeah. In the Yucatan, boom, wiped yeah. out like the, the dinosaurs had been the dominant. Yeah. Had been the dominant life form for 200 million years. Yeah. And who knows, maybe at some point intelligence would have uh, would have developed among the dinosaurs, although I guess there was no evolutionary it, need it, for it. it. No, uh, yeah. there wouldn't have been. And, and with the, the, the size of the... Like head and the brain, you can't, you can't just... You can't see that happening. It was about survival. So... 
the thing is, we, we as a species are always going to be searching for yes. some kind of meaning. Like, we're, 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 there is this. See, I've up until probably recently, I've always had this belief that consciousness is the end product and awareness, is, 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 which is a byproduct of our evolution and so on. And we're only beginning to latch on to it, but it's as if there is another. Dare I say this? This is what I used to believe, and maybe still do. A greater consciousness out there of, a, of, a, of an awareness of a, a life of a yeah, I can't even call it a life force, but that would likely evolve on other places, other planets, and is it somehow connected to a greater whole that we will one day merge with, tune in with, and, and that's to some that might be the idea of God. Um, that there's almost a direction that we are heading in, and whether we kill ourselves before we get to that point or not, we don't know, but that there will be, certainly we will, if we, if the human race was continued to live, we would meet other species, other life forms in space, because obviously they're there. Um, we certainly hope, I, I, I think it's... On one hand, it's, it, it's the height of arrogance to assume that we're it for intelligent species. But then well, we don't we don't assume that though. No one, no educated but person like does. The, like there are like this thing called the Fermi paradox. Is uh, a physicist who said, "Okay, um, where are they?" He, he was he was saying that given the enormity of the universe and. Yeah do this thing called the Drake Equation, which is sort of a guess at how many possible yeah. civilizations there might are. Where are they? Yeah. Are, you know, and the thing is, there, you know, we're not, the sun is not the oldest star. It's a second or third generation. I think it's third generation star. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of older stars, so there's plenty of time for civilizations to to arise. So, so they either they didn't, or there's some almost like an expiration date that intelligent societies invariably find a way to destroy themselves. Uh-huh. Or that intelligence is what's rare, that life could be common, but in most places it could be amoeba or bacteria, that the intelligent life is what's rare. Yep. So it's, there are yep. interesting discussions going on, or even like about consciousness. That's, yep. There was one... one I forget who came up with the term they call the nature of human consciousness. They called it the heart problem. Because it's just like, the, even today, they are, where does consciousness, yeah. the fact that you're aware of yourself and I'm aware of yourself, where does it come from? Is, a, is the biochemical nature of our brains enough to explain it? And there's... It's fascinating, the arguments that go on about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm stopped because I'm, you know, uh, just in awe of this, this whole idea. I, I, it, it's with every everything that people take for granted and don't think about. Yeah. That and, and yet that's probably a, a almost a, a maybe our hope for evolution is a collective hope. We can't do it yeah. individually, and therefore we have to to some degree conform, and therefore. There will be those people who will only want to watch the sitcoms on TV and be comfortable. And meanwhile, clean your teeth or or do whatever is required so that we can keep moving forward. I guess it's almost, it raises the question, is there a purpose? Is there, you know, this this collectivism we have now, this, this specialization, it's as if the species knows... the DNA in, in such a way or to evolve in such a way that each one of us will be so different that somebody will be the Einstein, somebody will be the brain surgeon, somebody will be able to do this and that that this is helping us but on a very, very basic level. It's not our consciousness that's driving us forward. It's a biological, a much more primitive force and, and the consciousness is this byproduct but we like to think this byproduct this consciousness is the thing that counts the yeah. most, right? That all, that also sort of ties into the whole argument over free will. Yep. Yeah. Which and, and, and the whole the, the thing about free the, the free will is also one of the things that gave me problems 
household. Well, because if, if let's say, if we accept or admit the possibility that if our brains are biochemical machines, is the sense of free will of, I'm going to scratch my head now with my left hand because I wanted to, that yeah. made it conscious. He just did, by the way. Yeah, yeah, as far as why it's on a video cast, what can we do? Yeah. Um, and did, uh, was it really free will or even, or did it just seem to free, seem like free will? Like, was it just a biochemical, like, am I just a, a puppet to my biochemical processes? And that continues to be a, a, a hot topic of debate. Yeah. And but so let's say if we don't have free will, then what is the purpose of having religion, which punishes you for sins? If you can't help, like, like and I'm not using free will as an yeah. out to say you know go do whatever the hell you yeah. want. You're not yeah. responsible. Yeah. But it's just. But in a way, you know, I'm not. I can't but, help it. I, all I'm saying is questions like that. I don't think enough people think about. Yeah. They just may continue their lives based on some rather shallow assumptions. Yeah. See, this this is what I would far rather talk about in church than what I learned in Nigeria, this sort of elementary school topic. But I first of all, I don't have the intellectual depth or the, the understanding or the knowledge to do it. But the idea of we should be doing, all of us, is thinking a little harder, thinking a little deeper, yeah. thinking a little more, and, and trying to understand. Now, it may be that the happier people are those who just surrender themselves, say, hey, I've got this limited time to live here on Earth, I'd just like to have fun and spread a little joy and, and uh, laugh a lot, because really there's nothing more that I can do, and it really doesn't matter how much I understand or don't understand. Uh, and those of us, or people like yourself, probably go through a little more pain, discomfort, anxiety, depression, everything else, because the more you look at reality, the more, uh, you can't say the more unpleasant it is, but certainly the colder it is. You know, we talk about love quite often, and gee, that's, that's just kind of a man-made need, you know, is that really a real thing? Well, it's evolutionary, it's helped us, but, it, you know, is that really, I mean, do we not need to play and live in a fantasy world to some degree, I guess I'm saying, do we not need to create our own make-believes? I think a lot of times we, 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 we live in a collection of convenient big beliefs. Yeah, yeah. Well, my goodness, what a pleasure it is having, having you on the show. You may, you may get your spot back as spot because I don't think anybody else could live up to the... the uh, well, I wouldn't, the, I wouldn't the, go that far. Well, a lot of people have already got their minds made up uh, about you know, what they know. I think you are still very much exploring and learning. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I mean, you just mentioned your reading. Wow. That's working on problem solving. I'm going to go back and read the Dharma Bums or something, which is, you know, done countless times. That's not getting me able That's not on the level of understanding. But, 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 but you see, I, 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 would, I would disagree strongly with that. Thank you. Because it's, it's a different channel. And, like, there, yeah. there are people out there who could probably recite science textbooks back from memory yeah. but they've never looked at a flower and wondered yeah. or listened to Beethoven or yeah. or read good poetry yeah. and those people are just as deprived like it's not a, you know, like so it's it, yeah. as the people who you know don't read any science or anything like that yeah. there's got to be room for for both because they all complement your understanding yeah well, thank you for that. I, I like that. I'd like to believe that. Um, I do I do beat up on myself an awful lot for uh, having limited brain power. And I, it's a thing that I have. And I think it was that, that curse of grade five when Mr. Rogers put me in with the G's but not the VG's and me saying, all right, there you go. Um, and basically giving up after that. But it's a thing. I mean, it's almost like sometimes some people measure people by your class, your background, your upbringing, who were your parents, and so on. And, and we know that's wrong and judge a person for the individual they are. 
Uh, and we apply different standards. We, 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 I guess it's a human need to categorize people yeah. and somehow make these compartments because we just can't deal with everything openly. We need to have people fit into little patterns and, and you know, just for convenience sake. And uh, I think I do the same with what I call intelligence. And intelligence is the wrong word, but it's actually the... Uh, Somebody will have great, perfect eyesight and not need glasses until they die. Somebody else will have a heart that will just keep on ticking. Yeah. Somebody else will have just amazing physical qualities. And I often think of the brain as that, and I, I think of my brain as just being an average brain. And it's only going to produce average results. And, uh, and, and I'll think of somebody else. I'll give his name here. He'll love it or hate it. But a Dave Broadbeck who can remember everything. I don't know how. I mean, I know they use Google. But when he can re re recite statistics from a, a, a hockey game of, uh, you know, two decades ago or something like that, uh, or just come up with an awful lot of facts, often too forcefully, mind you, because I, it's sometimes hard to have a conversation with Dave. But still, that's another example of somebody that we know in comedy who's got a brain that is uh, wired well or put together well. It's, it's again, the, the computer processor analogy. You know, I've got sort of an earlier Apple version that works quite nicely for me. Thank you very much. But uh, another processor, who knows how I would look at the world if I had a better again, processor. That is only one yardstick. Yes, it is. A, I know. And it, it's, it's one I'm hung up on. It's, it's, a, it's arbitrary. And yes. B, it's only one. Whereas another, another yardstick might be like social intelligence. Like, yes. Like basically ah, being, able, being, being able to read social dynamics, being yes. able to act as sort of social glue. Yes. Resolving situations, mediating all that stuff. Yes. And like for me, like I'm painfully aware yeah. that that is a social yardstick that I have trouble with. Yeah. I'm basically an idiot on that it's, 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 scale because I you know I'm socially awkward to a large, to a greater or lesser extent. Um, I'm not always the most perceptive when it comes to reading faces and. Yeah. I always thought it was ironic, you know, I love doing portrait photography. I like getting expressions, but I'm not sure I was. It's like someone who's illiterate but is proud of their library, but anyway. Um, so, You're not but, referring to me, are you? No, no, okay. no. Okay. I'm referring to no, me. Yeah. But the sense, so, so yeah. like, you know, you might not be solving quantum physics problems. Yes. But when it comes, but you can solve like this sound. Oh, this sort of sounds bumper stickerish, but yeah, I'll you, take it. You, uh, that your kind of math is the is the human equation. Yeah, I, I like that, and I'll take it. And I, I do believe I do have very good social intelligence skills. So well, thank you. And it is, it, it's just a hang up that comes from somewhere. I have yeah. a few these yardstick, these measurements, and the reason I bring it up is because I know it's 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 wrong and I've got to let go of it. Just as I've told you, there are things you should let go of. I think we all have things that we we know don't serve us well, but we pick them up somewhere along the yeah. line and would be better off without them, but we're sort of stuck with them to some degree. And mine is measuring or yes. guessing at people's intelligence and somehow pegging myself in this hierarchy. And uh, it's a ridiculous thing to do. And, Thank you. And a lot of those yardsticks yeah. have agendas. Yes, yes. That, you know, either you know, yes. to simplify measurement and categorization of people, yeah. or to, uh, and this is, I think, where it gets really, really nasty and it really pisses me off, is people will try to apply a yardstick to you from a marketing perspective, yeah. saying, here's where you rank on this yardstick. It's not where you should be. You buy this product, yeah. and you'll move up the yards. Uh, exactly. And like, and, and that's, I, that's I, almost a whole other conversation because yeah. I'm pretty cynical, and I, I get angry when oh, I see that but, kind of thing. But you're right. I, I haven't thought of it in exactly those terms, but I'm irritated the same way by yeah. it. And, and this, the fact that people don't see it, like, hey, you want to attract women, you have to be wearing this deodorant and this thing, and this yeah. is. The masses and the, the idea yeah. that to keep this machine going, and let's call it the capitalist yeah. machine yeah. going, 
you have to have people dumb. You have to keep them ill-informed and stupid. Yeah. And that's a horrible thing. So wait a minute, who who's at the levers here? Who's the man behind the curtain putting these things? Because that's yeah. outrageous. And it seems our whole let's call it this particular civilization and culture is going in a, in a kind of a wrong direction right now. And, and those of us who see that or recognize that or against that are, are having a very difficult time steering it back because you have to educate the people who are sucked in by it. And that's a very hard thing to do. And the, and the means of communication now, it's almost like they've been tailor-made, designed to prevent that from happening. Like, I... Like there's only you know like, like Twitter. I use Twitter, sure. Yeah. But like it's 140 characters. Well, you can't do a whole lot in 140 characters. But I, I don't think that's that, the tool to educate no, people. No, no. But but the thing, if that's just one example, as opposed to you know people not reading well, books anymore. Well, okay. Or a good, yes. Or even a good yes. And you, yes. you, you go on Reddit, and if and if uh, someone writes a, a two-paragraph piece. What they'll have a, what's called you know a TLDR at the end, a summary like a pricey, yeah. too long, didn't read. <laughs> if you can't read two fucking <laughs> paragraphs, I didn't know that like, one. Uh, so I, I need like, like fuck. Yeah. See, it's two fucking paragraphs. Yeah. You know, so so instead of jacking off twice today, jack off once. Yeah. Use the spare time to educate yourself. Yeah. Like, beautiful, 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 John. I, I may need a, a too long to listen to this podcast. Yeah. I think that's the case for a lot of people. Um, and, of course, there are those who, for good reason, don't have the time. Well, that's fine. And, and TV, of course. Listen. TV is all about yeah. flash, sizzle, no substance. Yeah. People don't read books. People don't. And, and, yeah. and, and Or talk, for that matter. And the, yes, the engage in the art of conversation as we yes. are. Um, that is... Uh, my God, frightening! And yet, it seems to the signs are that's the direction it's headed yeah. in, right? People don't know. I, I don't have it. I can't read. Why would I read a novel to start with? Yes. My God, who's got the time for that? Um, and that's that's within our lifetime, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I was having this conversation with somebody else. To me, the luxury of having had go to university to get a Bachelor of Arts to educate yourself for the sheer pleasure of learning with no idea what job it was going to lead to or even that it should lead to a job. A university is not supposed to be job training and that's why they talk about STEM, like if it's not science, technology, engineering or math, you're wasting your time. Yeah. It's It's almost like they don't want people reading philosophers or or beat poets, yep. or or getting any kind of understanding of the world. That's basically get get everyone ready for their barcode. You know, you know. Congratulations, your part number seventeen B. Yep, yep. And those who are caught up in that system under fear of I'll never own a house, I'll never do this unless I am successful. Are trapped in it, and 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 you know I, I I feel for them because I mean, why would we assume they're going to have the courage to say no? I just want to go to university to be educated. Well, that was the norm. It's not the norm, and it's hard to be a trendsetter. It's hard to break against the the, the flow that you feel you're supposed to be swept and, along with. And the really sad thing, like the part that really sort of twists the knife of tragedy in this, is. The people who say, "Well, I went to university. I got my my science degree. Yeah, and but I'm not getting the house. Yeah, like and they're like, bitter about it because yeah. it didn't lead to the job or the yeah, house. Yeah, because so there's the, and I think it's it's still it's worse in the states than it is here. But yeah. people like the they leave they leave university with you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of student debt oh. and no job prospects. Yeah. This is, and, uh, and all the time while the 1% sit back and laugh. Well, this is it. And, and as much as I am not in favor of a bloody revolution, uh, because a lot of innocent blood gets spilled, yeah. my goodness, we should be holding 
our leaders accountable. And by our leaders, I'm meaning the people who pull the levers, the Dick Cheney's, the, the bankers, masters. the puppet masters, the ones who are laughing from their yachts. This is... It's outrageous, and and they're in their mindset. Hey, you're the stupid ones. We're the winners. Yeah, that's your problem. Uh, I would just, I would just hate to see savagery and blood everywhere in the streets. That, that's not, you know, maybe that would be their solution. Okay, keep us in fear of if you, you know, let the the genie out of the bottle, the genie that wants a more intelligent, kinder, fairer world. It's going to lead to horror. Um, that'll keep people like me afraid of making too drastic a change. But at the same time, I know the society, the culture, the values that I'm living in now are not mine. And they're, they're the mainstream ones are misguided. Yeah. And they're not sustainable either. They are not. And it's as if those... It just... the. the not the horror, the audacity, maybe the, the the idea that the Kim Kardashians of the world and others would be held, would be held in, I don't think they're held in high esteem, but the, they are the focus, and we, we put up with this and assume that's, that's our entertainment, that's our, that's okay what they're doing, we should all aspire to have more money and greater riches, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, that is a different track, a different oh. path, and it gets us away from philosophy into politics. And but uh, it, it's related to the same thing: yeah. people not thinking, not being aware, and and having things put in the way of people developing their consciousness and their awareness. There's like disincentives, yeah, for thoughtfulness everywhere you look. Um, maybe an un unfair thing for me to put in at this point, but I really do like to believe that this church that I'm attending and, and the message of people like Greta are the good voices who are saying, think and take responsibility for, for your actions and, uh, and you know, maybe that's the theme. I mean, the one thing I got out of Nigeria was the importance of water and I think I could go from there to recognize the resource that, hey, who is in control? When did Nestle start owning the water? Uh, and what is this going to lead to? And maybe that is a theme, a sub-theme that I can work in there as I still try and work out this right. problem of what am I going to talk about Sunday. Heck, people think a lot of blood was spilled over oil. Yeah. Just wait till yes. you start seeing the acute, real essentials. acute freshwater shortages like we're yeah. worse than today. You'd hope. I mean, why why are there not more desalinization projects going on with all the water on the earth? Isn't isn't that the well, solution? The thing that is, the uh, you know, if the rich have water, it's not a uh, not a priority. But would that not be when we do run out of them? Say, wait a minute, we have the oceans. We just have to. Well, and, and, and I, would, is that such a hard but problem I, but to solve? I, I would say that's. To some degree, my, and this is just my own personal opinion, I'm not yeah. an expert, yeah. um, that's coming at it at the wrong direction. Like, uh, is it a okay. supply issue or is it a consumption issue? Uh -huh. So that, uh, you know, yeah, like how much water gets gets wasted. Yeah. I, um, I, I read, I was, I was looking this up a couple of years ago for some reason, and like to, for the average new car, uh, the manufacture of an average new car requires between forty and eighty thousand gallons of water. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's a that. lot of water. Or even like to grow an almond. Yeah. One almond, that's a gallon of water. Yeah. Um, so we have. So I think it's as opposed to just saying, "Well, we'll just find another source of water." Yeah. Um, like, hey, there's water in the asteroids, what? there's water on the moon. I think, don't, shouldn't we start off with looking at our consumption yeah. patterns? True. That's just me. True. Um, but does that water that goes to produce the almond really get wasted? It doesn't yeah. disappear? Does it not go well, right water, back into the it, system? Yeah, it goes back. Oh, it's, yeah, again, like I'm not, I'm not yeah. an expert here on, like, on the, like the water uh, table. Right. But I think your overall yeah. picture is yeah. we, we, are, we are wasting our resources and, and 
and we need to be steered towards. And as long as we have a capitalist system yeah. steering the ship, uh, that's not going to change. Or there's no incentive. For people feeling like the living in Arizona, think feeling entitled to a green lawn. Yeah. Sorry, Arizona's a desert. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's a lot of wasted water, in my opinion. I think we're going to. I think we're too much in agreement on this, and I yeah. think I'm going to end this conversation okay. because it, it, it could go on. But I think it, it's been. I, I'm just delighted to have uh, had you on this podcast because a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's it's been fun. It's been interesting, and I think the listeners will find it a welcome change from just me. And and I like the idea that it wasn't really planned. It's just hey, last night we were out for a drive. Today we're out for a drive. Let's uh, let's talk while we're at it. I hope the idea was spot on. Uh, I'm here all week. Try the veal. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) I'm going to cut him off now. Thank you very much, folks. And uh, stay tuned. There's more to come. Maybe not with Spot, but uh, there's more to come. (laughs) Thank you.
Fantasy.com. Uh, just like to send you uh, this audio comment uh, before you hit your big 60 and uh, disappear for a while. So, uh, right now, you can hear the ambient noise from the background there. I'm in Tynehead Park in Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. This gorgeous, huge, massive forest land and walking trails and, and dog park areas uh, right behind where I live in my neighborhood. And I rarely come here, but I made a special trip after work today um, to come down and record this for you. I've been meaning to send you stuff, but uh, uh, I usually listen to your podcast while I'm at work. And I have all these great insights and ideas and, and um, things I would like to, to share. But by the time I get home, you know, you just want to crash. So I'm making special effort um, and, uh, and hoping to get something out and not ramble like I am. Enlightenment. Wow. Now, for, for me, I mean, I've only been on this planet for a quarter of a century well, I'd like to think I'm a, have a little bit of insight into enlightenment, or at least a, my own take on it. And uh, I used this metaphor when I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who became a born-again Christian after being, uh, you know, fiercely atheist. And uh, all of a sudden, she was telling me that she was praying for me that I'll find salvation and whatnot. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" I I'm the one that was trying to uh, explain spirituality to you, and, and now you're coming back at me like I'm lost? I don't feel lost. I feel like I'm going in a direction. So I came up with this, this metaphor on the spot, this idea that when we're born, you know, we're born onto this, like, this massive land where there's, uh, you know, just like this forest, there's trees. And, and creeks and, and hills and, and there's, there's paths. But the entire land is covered in darkness. And all we have to guide us from one point to the, the other, the, the goal, the, the nirvana, the, the enlightenment, the salvation, the paradise, or whatever you like to call it, you know, traveling from birth to death in this world of darkness, all we have is is our internal compass, um, which is always pointing toward the goal, this place of, of uh, enlightenment. It's always pointing in that direction. But we're surrounded by darkness, and it's hard to trust your inner compass when um, you're so unsure of, of where you are in the grand scheme of, of this landscape. And the only other tool we have is a flashlight that doesn't work. And once in a while, if you bang on the on the flashlight, it sends out a, a an illumination, and for a, a, a brief moment, you get to glimpse your surroundings and try to figure out where you are in uh, in your your journey to paradise or whatever. So we get very few glimpses. Ooh, a little bit of wind going on. We get very Damn it. We get very few glimpses in, as to where we are in relation to, uh, to our destination. So, um, a lot of people, like, you, you rely on the guidance of others. You know, there's always somebody that thinks that they know the, the direction, that their compass, you know, they claim is stronger. But really, you got to trust, trust yourself. And the act of seeking this enlightenment, going on this journey, I think is the most important. Because whether you get to that, to the end, whether you have gained some kind of special knowledge of the universe, you know, I don't think all that matters. I think it's the experiences that matter, the journey. I think that is the most important thing. And whatever the afterlife is, you know, I like to believe that, uh, you know, there's like a collective consciousness and that when we die, we join 
back into this collective consciousness as what energy, spirit, whatever. And we share with the collective our experiences during our time on, on Earth as, as humans or, or living creatures. And I, I think this it's constant um, cycle of gaining wisdom, the whole idea of reincarnation being, you know, if you screw up and you come back as something less than what you were, uh, or say you, you come back as yourself again, to li relive that life, to try to better yourself, maybe it's a cycle of, of just repeating your life over and over and over until you get it right, I don't know. But the whole, you know, maybe the concept of deja vu is, uh, is you get a glimpse of that past life, I don't know. But it's all about gaining wisdom. And it's never about crossing the finish line. You know, some people drink the magic Kool-Aid and uh, thinking that they've crossed the finish line before everybody else. I don't necessarily think that's a priority. So, I think, I think it's good to quit, especially while you're ahead. And, uh, you know, kick back, you know, focus on new things. And then uh, when you join us back in the fall, you'll have that much more gusto. I think you'll be, you'll be that much more wiser. All that reflection. I don't know, I'm rambling. This isn't working out the way I always planned it. Nothing ever goes as planned. I never know what I'm going to say. Like on my podcasts, never know what's going to happen. And it keeps it interesting. I can never go by script. I don't, that's not how I live my life. I don't live my life by script. I take what comes, find new directions. And oftentimes, I find that uh, whatever direction I end up going, you know, it's not necessarily even if it's uh, the right direction or not, it's the direction. This is where my life is. This, this is it. It's the moment. It's whatever's happening now. And uh, it, it's hard, especially when you're planning for the future or taking stock of the past. It's, it's hard really to get a clear footing on where the moment is sometimes. Because th that's all it is, life. I think enlightenment is just having harmony with nature. Not cooperating. Shh, quiet. Trying to talk. Uh, I think enlightenment is harmony with with time and space, and knowing that where you are and what you're doing, what you're feeling at the moment, is all that's important. So, wherever you go and whatever you do during your time off, I mean that's the right direction, and whatever you can learn. Whatever mistakes you make, I mean, it, it's all part of gaining wisdom, and that, above all, is wonderful. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, this is getting really long. Um, I've been following you and your podcast since you contacted me, and uh, I thank you for that, uh, because I feel enriched by listening to your show. Uh, it's made me see things in a different perspective. Um, and, th and that's what it's all about, isn't it? So, thank you. Good luck in the future. And I can't wait for you to come back to us in the fall. So, this is Adam from Surrey. Signing off.